What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is sponsored by the Law Office of Mallon and Tranger. Tom Mallon and Randy Tranger are board-certified trial attorneys who share more than 40 years of legal experience. They specialize in personal injury matters, workers' compensation cases, and criminal and municipal offense. As certified trial attorneys, they have recovered millions of dollars on behalf of people injured in accidents and employees injured at work. They have offices conveniently located in Freehold and Point Pleasant. For skilled and personalized legal representation, call Mallon and Tranger at 732-780-0230 or check out their website at tmallonlaw.com. Not only are they good people, they're good golfers too. I think you got a great body. Yeah, I did. I appreciate it. This is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro, and this is Ryan Coolot. Hello, hello, hello. What is going on, everyone? Another week back at you. Hope everyone's safe, doing well. We have a, a, a huge episode for you, one that I am really, really excited about. But before we get to the episode... Want to remind you that our polos are on sale at flukeapparelco.com. Go check them out. Head over to Fluke. Uh, they're they're incredible, right? People are wearing them. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Chris was wearing them at a corn ferry event uh, out in Illinois. The material's great. The look is great. If if you're not wearing it, what are you doing, right? It's good stuff. Just remember that if you're on the you know a little bit bigger like me, you're gonna to want to get a size up. If you're like Mike and you have no bodily imperfections, you know, just, just <laughs> go, you, you just, just go to regular size. Bigger guys, you're going to want to get a size up because it is that like, that like suctiony, slim fit kind of material. So, so again, make sure you, uh, make sure you size up. You like that, Mike, huh? I think you got a great body. Yeah, I did. I appreciate it. You know, it's called a dad. It's called a dad bod. Um, but I, but I, but I do think at this point. I mean, I know you and I have been harping on this, and I know Chris at Fluke Apparel has as well. But you know, it's mid August, and and you know, you only probably got a few more months wearing that short sleeve shirt before you got to put the long sleeve on underneath it. Go get your polo today. I mean, I'm telling you, I've been harping on this for weeks and weeks now. You will not be disappointed. It's athletic cut. It's great material. It, it's something that you're going to wear and be like, wow, what these guys are saying is 100% accurate. Stop listening to me. Go click the button, flukeapparelco.com. Go to the golf collection. You'll see our polos right there. Go pick yours up. And like Ryan said, if you want to size up, go size up. Um, but again, they are high quality, great looking polos. You won't be disappointed. All right, so Mike and I had a amazing opportunity to go up and play North Jersey Country Club uh, and have an interview with Brian Mackey and James Sirico. Brian is the director of instruction at the club. James is the senior assistant superintendent. And they both played with us. We got out, we played, uh, we dealt with the little rain delay and, and then had an amazing, amazing day on the course. 
Um, it so rained they, that morning? It, it rained a little bit that morning. It did, yeah. I think it, I think it did. Um, I don't think the heavy stuff's going to come down for a little while yet, actually. But uh, So we, we, have, uh, we have an interview with Brian and James at the end of talking about our time here. So just make sure you stick around for that interview with those two guys. I also want to note this is our interview with James is the first time we've ever had a golf superintendent on the show where we've always been fortunate to have the the college, you know, the college kid, the director of instruction, the head golf professional, um, director of golf. Like we've had a lot of different guys on the show, but we've never had someone that dives into the golf course maintenance side of it and and hearing what they do and what james does specifically is absolutely incredible which is i think is another unique thing that we're trying to showcase here on the podcast is not just always about what guys are doing that are in front of the camera like what are the guys doing behind the camera and james is a perfect person to kind of start this so that we get the chance to show you the audience like wow these dudes are up at the, what time? They're cutting grass and rolling greens at what time? Awesome interview. Yeah, it, it really was. And and as you just said, it was a very interesting perspective talking to James. You know, everyone thinks like you work in the golf industry that it must be it must be sexy. It's it's awesome to be able to, you know, you get to play a game for your living or be around a game for your living. And it, it has some it has some very, very big obstacles as far as like it's it's sexiness. Yes, on the surface, you're, you know, James cuts grass at a golf course. If you want to be that that plain with it, but there's so much more to it. And the same thing with you know we sh- that we talk we get into this with with other pros. Like yes, you get to play golf with members, but you're also working eighty hour weeks some weeks. So there's there's a lot of different stuff going on there. So a really cool interview. So make sure you stick around and listen to them. All right, Mike. Let's get into an opportunity that you and I had uh, that we were super fortunate to to go up and see. Uh, let's talk about North Jersey Country Club. Uh, why don't Why don't we start here? I, I think we like doing this. Why don't we start with like how this came about? And, and you're our you're our social media DM guy. So why don't you tell us kind of how this came about? Um, and, and then we'll get into the actual round and the course and, and who we played with, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I think this is just like the kind of like the going trend for us really is, you know, you connect with people through, you know, social media or through text messaging or you get connected with this person to get to that person. And, you know, Brian Mackey, who is the director of instruction at North Jersey Country Club, you know, him and I were going back and forth about um, us coming up there and we probably started connecting um, probably in like the end of March, early April time about let's get up there. They were doing a lot of work to the golf courses, uh, to the golf course, I should say. Um, and I said, well, listen, when it's all done, you know, Ryan and I would love to come up there. And it just so happened that we were going to be in the area that, you know, this, this week. So I said, Hey, listen, does, does this date work? We'd love to come up and see it. Um, it just so happened that, you know, the, senior assistant superintendent James Sirico posts unbelievable pictures on his Instagram and obviously every time you look at them you're liking them and now Brian and I are talking about the pictures that James is posting 
And before you know it, one thing led to another that now I'm in a group text with me, Brian, and James trying to figure out, like, let's get a date to come up there. Um, one thing led to another, and I knew from the pictures that James had been posting and what Brian has said about what's going on and what had transpired in terms of the work at the golf course that, like, this is going to be a treat. And, you know, I kind of teased you a little bit like, hey, listen, you're going to like this place. The course is going to be unreal. And, you know, not for anything, you know, you probably hear me say that and it probably goes in one ear out the other with you because I say that probably a lot. Um, <laughs> but I think when you got on the grounds and you walked up and you saw the place, you know, I think I saw that smile like this is going to be something special. Yeah, I... I absolutely loved it. I cannot, I cannot say enough good things. I, I've been talking about it to everybody that'll listen. It, it is stunning. I, I, I hesitate because I don't want to be that guy that's like Mister, um, you know, Mister Right Now. Like, oh, the the newest thing is the best thing. Because I've been fortunate to play some some really good clubs in New Jersey, and I know you have too. It's it's without a doubt on my New Jersey Mount Rushmore of golf courses that I've played. Wow. It's not. Wow. I, and I'm telling you, it might be George Washington. I mean, it is oh that good. Oh, my God. Good. Breaking news? Bre it, is, breaking it is news? that good. It really is. I, 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 again, like there's been courses I haven't gotten to play, right? Like I, I, I've, I haven't gotten to play, um, Plainfield, you know, Baltusrol. Uh, I've played the upper, and everyone raves about the lower. Um, but like, I've I've played Ridgewood. Ridgewood is is beautiful and stunning. North Jersey is is right there, step and step, neck and neck. It's not a it's not a it's as good as a golf course gets. And I don't know if it's just because it has a lot of things that are easy on my eyes or like that that just like they go with things like this so it's an it's an original walter travis course and uh if you've listened to the pod you know i i like walter travis he, he's the guy that did hollywood you know the the back tees at hollywood or the travis tees so i i i like walter travis's designer apparently because there hasn't been one course that i've gone to it's like oh this is a travis course like oh okay th this will make sense i, I like this but then, like in the 50s, it got a remodel, and, it, and they kind of went away to the way a lot of courses did, and now they're bringing it back to the original, and things like, like greenside bunkers not having any rough in front of them. There's just a, it's just green and then right into the sand. Um, having connected tee boxes and putting greens. Having connect, like, so how... Um, so how there the the ninth and third holes kind of go back and the putting green is is connected to both of those putting greens as well um kind of how the fairways are connected with with like there's there's these like um between three and nine there's this uh patch of fescue and then that kind of runs along like a spine and then it kind of takes a break and like those those fairways are connected there's no rough there there's rough on the course but there's no rough in those particular areas like things like that just are are absolutely uh i, I love that i love going back to that like old school turn of the century early 1900s architecture 
and they've brought it back. You're going to have to help me with the guy's name. Is it Brian? Um, who's the guy that did the redo? Brian Schneider. Brian Schneider. Like, he's... He is a phenomenal artist. Artist. Artist is. is, I think. I think that's a great word. And I think once you once the audience gets the interview here at the end, like that comes up in conversation with me, you, and James and Brian often. That like when you hear the stories about what Brian, his vision is, Mm -hmm. and then like the artistry that goes into that, is like unreal. Right. Yeah, it, it's. I'd even say he's a golf historian because he likes to go back. He's, you know, James mentions like going and finding old photos and and um, aerial pictures and stuff like that of like, oh, this is what the course looked like. This is what we're going to try to make it to. And and you put that with him being an artist, it's just he's done an amazing, amazing job. And James and his crew kind of helping out that that vision as well like it was it was cool we were coming off and i was like so james like what what are you doing on like a day-to-day like what like what can you see like you're doing more than cutting grass and taking down trees i get that but like what is something that you can like look at on here and be like i did that and we're walking over a little creek on like a little bridge and he goes i dug this creek (laughs) it was just like it was just kind of funny that like he's doing the work um we're we're gonna get into it with Brian and James. I don't want to spoil anything there, but but North Jersey Country Club is, uh, Micah. I don't I don't have any. I can't rave about it enough. It was that good, and they're they're ninety nine percent of the way done. They got to finish the tenth hole, um, and then they got to maintain. It's been a three year process. It, it's it's been a long time coming, and and. What was a premier club early in the 19th century, or I guess I should say early in the 20th century, is now is now getting back to that ways. It's kind of they kind of did some things, I guess that that a lot of clubs did in the in the 40s, 50s, 60s to try to change what golf was. But now they've done so much more than just fix the irrigation. They they've really they've really again they they brought in an artist to paint. And and when you when you give Picasso a piece of canvas, you let him paint, and that's exactly what they've done. It's really really good. All County Exteriors is a third generation premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over forty years in business. In a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years, All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Cancer Society, Roofs for Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780 for All County Exteriors for all your remodeling needs. Yeah, I think I think what I really liked when we walked up is just when you looked at the golf course from 
you know, like the bag room pro shop clubhouse area. And you just looked out from that little area, you know, that little like, I don't want to call it like a halfway house, but like a, an area where you can stop and, and just like the veranda more or less. I don't yep. even know what you, a little patio area. That like patio like, that we were sitting in uh, while it was raining? Yeah. 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 Like when you just look out there, it's like, wow, you have the wispy grass growing. You have the beautiful undulating greens. You have the little drop-offs in certain areas. And then just to be able to have this like panoramic view of the whole place like I knew once the 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 rain stopped and the skies just parted, it was going to be like a day that we will not forget. And you know we couldn't ask for better company. You know Brian's a phenomenal golfer. I think his resume speaks for itself. Um, the dude's always golfing. He's always playing really good golf. Um, and then you know James's and his ability to just make a golf course constantly day by day look unbelievably amazing you know and then we were fortunate to meet brian kroll pfeiffer who was the head golf professional who's another good dude um another guy that can really golf his golf ball yeah um and then we were fortunate to meet the president you know of the club when we were wrapping up the round so like the idea that like that place again just like opened its arms to us as really two unknown people who really didn't know anybody, but like leaving there and Brian and James and even Brian saying like, you guys are welcome back anytime. And I think that just further enforces like our mission here about, you know, golfing in the garden state. Like we want to highlight all the amazing things that are here. And I know people may say like, Oh, you guys don't leave the area. You're constantly, well, not true. This little adventure up to Wayne, New Jersey is a hike for someone like me. Like it took, it takes me legitimately almost two and a half hours to get up there with traffic. Maybe if I left at four thirty, five o'clock, it's maybe an hour and 45 minutes. But like the idea is like, let's showcase things. And I think the more people that go see this spot, that go really see the renovation and the work that's been done there, every single person is going to have the same reaction that we are like holy hell this place is a diamond in the rough and it's only a matter of time before this place is in the rotation whether it's for sectional events whether it's for njsga events or whether it's for met events like it is going to be in a constant rotation and it's just simply amazing no no doubt no doubt it's going to it was it was uh it's definitely in in that they're going to get in that that rotation. It's going to host things. It is a a course that's going to get more. Like when you brought it to me, I didn't. I had never heard of of North Jersey Country Club. I mean, how many times did I call it New Jersey Country Club before I actually figured yeah. it out? Like, I, I had never heard of it before, and it, and it was just. And now, honestly, it might be my favorite golf course in New Jersey. I. I Wow. That's such a bold statement. That's such a bold statement for you. And I and I hope to say that's not recency bias because the place is That's what I mean. I'm trying not to trying not to be recency, but I I did my like I did my golf course rating. You know, we, we we got the rating system. I did the rating. Do you know what I gave it? I don't. I haven't even looked. I mean, the way you're talking, it better be in the nineties. Oh, it's definitely in the nineties. It didn't get a perfect score. No, it didn't get a perfect score. So my guess is then it's 94. Oh, you're good. It's exactly what it got, 94. 
Well, listen, uh, what can I say? I mean, right, you've seen my golf shots. They don't give these jobs to chimps. <laughs> they, we know what we're doing here. It was, uh, I'm telling you, it was, it was as, it was as good. And there's, and there's things like, I couldn't give it a, if I pull it up here, like the practice facilities, that putty green was amazing. I took a look over the driving range, but we didn't get a chance to use it. So I didn't feel like I could give that a 10. So I gave it a nine, you know, like there's things like that. That's like a little nitpicky, but, but like that putting green is excellent. You know, I, I, it was, uh, again, I, I don't know. What'd you think about the course? Are there any holes to you that like, obviously hearing you speak so highly of the place and Basically, I felt like I feel like you, you know, you found your new wife here at New Jersey Country Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, is there a certain hole or holes that stand out to you more so than maybe some others? Yeah, I, um, and I'm gonna have a tough time remembering the numbers of the holes. I think um, I love the fourth hole. Fourth hole is a beautiful par five, really lovely. Really lovely hole. Why don't you tell the audience what you did that hole? Potato chip green. I got a birdie. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, there weren't a lot of positives from... So uh, I, I should, I guess, say this. I played absolutely awful that day. Uh, my golf <laughs> ball was... I couldn't have played worse. I, I played so terrible. So I think, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, you must have played well there, and that's why you like it. No, no, no. I, I almost never saw my own fairway. Uh <laughs> I had I had so many GVs or greens visited that I just I kind of like my ball touched the green and then it rolled off the back or rolled back off the front and just but the course was was stunning. Um, no, I, I joke about the fourth hole. I mean, anytime I birdie a hole, it, it is going to be it's a really good par five. Um, the potato chip green is really cool. Um, it's got like these, like the, the, it's like wavy, like a, like a Ruffles potato chip. So they call it a potato chip green. What's it? The seventh hole, Mike, the sixth hole. What's that? Par three, um, seven, the seventh hole, seven. that, that hole is beautiful. I know James takes a bunch of pictures of that hole from, from like up top. Um, that's a, he said, that's a big one of his. It's beautiful. It's got like, like natural, I, I told him, I was like, I feel like we're golfing in North Dakota with that background. It's got like mountains, um, like rock, rock wall kind of mountains, but not like rock wall, like, like at, at the ridge where it's just like a straight rock wall. It looks like a mountain behind it. Like you could, you could walk up the mountain and it's just, it, it's just, it's just beautiful. That hole was, was awesome. The stretch of... Um, 10, 11, 11 was a cool hole, but like that stretch of 12, 13, 14 was, was I think the best stretch on the golf course. And you could even go like 15 was a great hole. Um, 16 was, was, uh, was really good. 17 was good. But that 12, 12, 13, 14, that stretch was, was an awesome stretch because you're hitting a a shot to a blind you know you're hitting way uphill to a blind landing zone so you can't hit it too far and then it's just a straight drop downhill to where like uh, I feel like I had I feel like it was something like I had 156 playing like 
131 or something like that. It was like a significant drop down, uh, down the, down the hill there, down the mountain there, um, to a beautiful backdrop there. That was awesome as well. And then, and then you get to 13, the par three with again, that like rock wall kind of in the background. It was just, it was, it was just, just beautiful. And, and I said 11, you could put 11 in there too, because 11's green is next to seven's green. So you get the, you get that same backdrop of like that mountain North Dakota kind of thing that I was just talking about. So, um, the hole itself is rather straight away and, you know, just uphill, but, but yeah, that was, a you know, that same kind of backdrop there. But th- those, those would be my couple holes there that I absolutely, absolutely loved. I know you're a pick one guy. Uh, I'd pick seven as my hole. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, I, I, it's hard to argue seven and 13. Those two par threes were just, you know, unbelievably aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I could have sat up there and just like hung out, hit shot after shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven's, seven's I mean, backdrop you was... You could sell tickets to people to just watch golfers play those holes. Right? Yeah. There's no doubt. Seven's, yeah, to, to your point, seven's backdrop is, is flawless. And then the work they did on 13... Um, just making that hole look unbelievable as well. Like those two, those two par threes were the ones that like, in my mind, when I think about that place and I know as the audience will get into the interview, like they don't like to have favorite or signature holes, but to someone like me, who's coming there, like I like to define a favorite for me. And, and those two really stuck out and listen to your point about the golf course. Like, you know, I, I thought I, I hit it relatively well, um, I shot 81, and I, I left the golf course wanting to break my putter into 1,900 pieces. And I actually added up how many putts I had, right? Because I was curious, because I felt like I left there, like, from tee to green, I felt like I hit it somewhat decent. You did? I felt like I did. Yeah. Do you know how many putts I had? Wasn't it Take like a 47 guess. or something like that? 39. 39? 39, 39 of my 81 shots were straight off a putter face. And that is, by the rules of golf, only counting the ones on the putting green. Right. <laughs> so forget about it if you're at the false front and I putted it up the goddamn thing. It's, there would have been more. So nearly 50% of my shots were off my putter. Yeah. I thought you played really well. I did think you hit the I think ball. That your, your score to how hard is the not, greens are. Yeah, but your score does not, not indicate how well you hit it, you know? Yeah. But listen, all in all, listen, I, I can't. I can't rave enough about that place. I knew that it would be, you know, a, a beautiful spot. The company was unbelievable. The way they welcomed us, um, having caddies out there and get to experience it that way, walking the golf course, talking to them. Um, they, they treated us and their hospitality was second to none. And, and I know that they said when we left, listen, you guys are always welcome to come back up in the fall. And, you know, James, Brian, you know, Brian Krulfeifer, like the NJ – CC, like, listen, we'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. As I told them, I, I will come back anytime. That is a course. We talk about, like, where like you get invited someplace. Man, I, it's, it's a, it's a three-hour course. It, it's, a, it's a destination course. If you know somebody, if you get invited to that member guest and you're, from, and you're from Cape May, take the trip up. Travel to get there. It was excellent. You will not be disappointed. One thing we didn't mention is the the clubhouse and the and the and like the pro shop. It's this old um, I don't even know like the architecture name for it. It's the same guy that did 
Baltusrol, Mike? Was that the same guy? Do you remember what Brian said? Baltusrol or Ridgewood? I don't recall. I don't recall. But it's the same architect that did one of those two courses. So it, it does look very similar in that like old, early turn of the century kind of kind of feel to it. Um, I love the additions that they did because as I was going through and and walking around, like the additions they did don't look like additions. Like they did a really good job of like weaving them into the old structure or the original structure. You know, it's not like you have um, the old building and then you have a new modern looking building attached to it. They, they really did a nice job of, of that. And they have these, you know, the... the the archway um, hallways that are that are grand and, and ornate in style. It's really, it's really really beautiful. So again, like we didn't we didn't sit down for lunch or anything like that, but but we did walk through the inside. The, the clubhouse, the locker room, the facilities there are are excellent as well. So it was it was really something to be really something to see. All right, so I hope you enjoyed our our talk here about. North Jersey Country Club, again, a, an absolute gem um, that, that you must go play if you get the chance. Uh, as we said, we sat down after our round with Brian Mackey and James Sirico for quite some time. Again, they, they were generous enough to give us a ton of time during the day you know, for the round and then afterwards to, to talk to them about a bunch of different stuff and a lot of different things that they that they got going on. So we're going to send you to that interview now with Brian Mackey and James Sirico, Director of Instruction and Senior Assistant Superintendent at the golf course. Enjoy. Matera's Italian Market and Catering Company is located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey at 72 Park Avenue and has everything you need for an authentic Italian table. Recently celebrating its 10-year anniversary, Matera's Italian Market brings all your senses alive as you walk in the door. Imported retail products, cheeses and cold cuts, freshly baked bread, and the creamiest fresh mozzarella. All can be ordered on the Matera's On Park app in Google and Apple stores. Above the market, a private space called The Loft can be reserved for intimate family parties all the way to corporate events. So give them a follow on Instagram at Matera's Italian Market. Stop by and say ciao. Matara's, you'll walk in a stranger, leave as a family. So today's guests, um, yes, it was plural. We got two people in here today, um, both from North Jersey Country Club, the director of instruction, Brian Mackey, and senior assistant superintendent, James Sirico. Boys, thanks for having us here today. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Fellas, I said it a hundred times on the course. Thank you so much. This was awesome today. The course is amazing. James, phenomenal. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I mean, let's let's dive into the whole course itself. And, and I think, you know, I know we talked a lot at length on the course itself about the renovation it went through. Um, but James, from your side, and I think this is the first time that the audience is actually hearing something from like a superintendent's greenskeeper that maintenance, not like handling the day-to-day stuff. You know, for us, it's typically like, you know, a director of instruction, an assistant professional, a, you know, a collegiate golfer. So getting another take on how things go. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what has transpired maybe in the last, you know, 12, 18 months here? Yeah. So really going back three years, we started the process of of renovating the golf course and restoring it back to Walter Travis's original design intent. So 
we sought out Brian Schneider with Renaissance uh, Golf Design, and he's under the Tom Doak tree. And um, what he did here was really bring back all the elements of a Walter Travis golf course. So starting with the greens, bringing the undulation back, and then also taking bunkers away. We didn't have bunkers when the golf course opened, and a lot were put in over the years, and kind of restoring all the, the mound roll-offs, the short grass, and, and widening the fairways, bringing back in hazards that aren't bunkers like mounds with fescue um, the way it was. So really starting back three years ago, it was a three-year process to get to where we are now. But ultimately the results have been spectacular. Membership's been super happy. So they're happy to see what was just a vision now a reality it's, it's been really cool to see and be yeah. a part of there's no doubt the optics oh. when we walked here yeah. it was like wow because you know i i say this a lot that the pictures you put on instagram are like second to none but then that finally experiencing it in person is like holy hell this is like really really legit yeah i, I would say that and again something that was said like pictures are so hard at a golf course to to take a picture of like you could it never does justice to what you're actually seeing mm -hmm. and how much you do such a good job with those pictures then seeing like oh that's that rock wall with that that par three behind it like it, it's it's stunning what's out there yeah getting this getting the scale right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then probably like obviously you know you being you know I, I refer to you guys a lot as like household names in New Jersey golf you're not only you know a great teacher but you're a great player as well so why don't you talk a little bit about like your role here at the club, how long you've been here and, and kind of like the role now that you've you've taken on. Yeah, uh, fortunately been here, this is my fourth year. Uh, I got invited to start um, COVID year 2020 and uh, really didn't know what to expect. Um, I think COVID really reshaped uh, not only this club, but golf in general. And, you know, my role was the lead assistant when I first came here and it kind of immediately morphed into a uh, you know heavy instructional um, role. So my vision was always to kind of be the director of instruction or head teaching pro. Um, our junior program is has really skyrocketed. You know, prior to 2020, I think we had you know maybe nine or ten kids on the PJ Junior League team. And in the last three years, we've had 153 go through here. So, you know, it's a testament to the membership, the families, uh, and the staff. It's a, obviously it's a lot of effort and coordination, but you know, I couldn't be happier. I, I love golf in its entirety, but to be able to, you know, it's given me everything that I have in my life. Uh, so to be able to share that with, the, you know, the up and coming generations is, is really important to me. And this place allows me to do it. The membership is so supportive. Uh, they want me out there teaching. They want our staff out there playing and being involved in the program. So I've, I've really, you know, found a comfort zone here. Was there a DOI spot before you, before you got here? Or did that kind of just, like you said, mold it into like, hey, this is something we need to have as a full-time? Yeah, I think, you know, th this place has had a great history of, of really good players. I mean, the, the head professional here for a long time, Chris Datchison, was a phenomenal golfer. He's an outstanding playing resume. There's been a few assistants that have come through that are pretty good. Um, since Chris's time, uh, you know, Brian Crawfeifer, the, the current head golf professional, um, he was the first assistant and Brian's a, a fabulous player. Um, so there's always been a strong playing sense and, you know, teaching as well, but there, I, I do not believe there's been a director of instruction here prior. So it's, it's kind of nice to, I don't know if I'm the first, but I'm probably one of the <laughs> yeah, few yeah. that's been here. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping to really kind of, you know, 
keep growing it. You know, the programs, junior programs, ladies, uh, you know, I have visions of starting Operation 36 here and getting people to really appreciate the game from a close yardage backwards. I mean, you guys played today. You saw how important it is to understand, mm -hmm. you know, your short game and really, you know, honing those skills. So this is the type of place that's going to, you know, allow that type of growth and I'm happy to be part of it. What is Operation 36? So it's really teaching you um, how to shoot 36 holes uh, excuse me, 36 on nine holes, but starting from a very close yardage. Okay. So you're starting from like 25 yards and out, learning how to shoot 36. Once you do that, you graduate to 50 yards. Then you go to 75, then 150, and then ultimately to the length that you feel comfortable and are capable of playing from. So it really does teach you the game from the hole backwards. Okay. And then that's how golf is supposed to be. You're supposed to start small and work your yeah, way to the Yeah, 100%. Part, right? I mean, you know, the game has obviously changed so much. So, you know, everybody's looking to buy a new driver and complaining about the price of a putter. But you use your putter three times more during a round than you do your driver. So, you know, sometimes more. Yeah. <laughs> In my case, five. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, to see, um, you know, to see a club that's, you know, willing to have somebody kind of lead uh, their membership in the right direction is very flattering. And um, yeah, like I said, I can't say it enough. I'm, I'm very, you know, thrilled and proud to be here. I get to work with these guys every day at this amazing facility. That's just a, it's a good place to be. Is this staying on that Operation Thirty Six? Is that for like like the kids, or do you see that as a whole? I see it as a whole. I mean, when you think so about someone's a member here, oh, they're yeah. a social member, and they're like, "Hey, I want to start getting into golf." They're gonna you're gonna have them like, "Hey, this is how you play it from twenty five yards." Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's an optional program that people can sign up for. Um, but yes, they have it set up for kids of a certain age and ability. Like you, this can cater to people that are already somewhat, like they might even be a scratch golfer. It's just a way to hone their skills. Or it could be someone that's brand new to the game and it's widespread. It could be a junior golfer, it could be you know somebody in their early 20s, or it could be somebody you know that's new to the game that's in their 40s or 50s. It's just a really good program. Awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, that's a really cool way, again, to teach yeah. it, to learn it. and, and Having something that's there for your membership that's for new people, but also, as you said, a scratch that like, hey, let, maybe we can rethink and maybe make you a better golfer. Your swing's great, you can read putts, you can roll putts, but maybe learning how to play the golf course a little better is something that we can teach Oh, 100%, and especially at a place like this. Like, there's not an uneven lie. I mean, there's not a flat lie out there. Everything is an uneven lie. Mm -hmm. Every driving range is flat. Yeah. So people you know, oftentimes will come and take a lesson and, you know, they feel good leaving, leaving the session, which is great. You know, as an instructor, you feel like, okay, I, I gave something, you know, some valuable information. But oftentimes they come back and they're like, man, I really struggled. Well, yeah, I mean, the game has so many avenues, so many facets, you know, driving the golf ball is one of them. But the next thing you know, you've got an uneven lie. You know, you've got a, you know, a mound in front of you with short grass and it's like, am I allowed to putt? Should I putt? So, you know, teaching golf and giving a lesson in terms of instruction, two very different things. Sure. Op 36 really gives you that, uh, that versatility to really teach golf. Awesome. Yeah, I think I'd love to I see think, something like that. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a great thing for any golfer though. Like even for someone that gets the ball around, like I think about it right now, like for someone like me, like I would love the idea of like 25 yards and out. Mm. The goal is to get to 36, play 18, you know, like that's actually a really good thing just for anybody. Yeah. So forget about like a beginner. It's an all level type thing. So mm -hmm. I think that's that's a really good idea. You know, I, I do want to go back to like the junior league because 
you know, I, I think that's something that we've spoken to with a few other, you know, head professionals and directors of instruction about how important it is to get youth involved in the game. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes people may say, like, you know, they get in the way or they're a hindrance to what I'm trying to get done. But the idea that you've been able to grow something from, like you said, nine or 10 people to over 150 in such a short amount of time, like, I guess for people that are listening, like, how could they get something started like that to get, you know, younger kids involved within the golf club to say, hey, listen, like, it is a cool thing to do. It is a lifelong sport. It's fun to play. Like, what are some things that you do to drive the program and, and the interest? Yeah, I mean, my my motivation stems from how I was brought into the game. You know, I'm, I'm very close with, with my family, and especially my father. Um, he was in the service. Uh, he came back. He was a police officer when he came home from Vietnam. And he really just took to golf. Um, I wanted to spend time with him more. And the only way that, well, I shouldn't say the only way that's <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a really good way. And when you think about it, I mean, like we got the, the, the we have never met all of us, you right. know, besides James and I. You know, and what other sport are you I've able to go out? Yeah, yeah, sure. Should be noted too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> not, but that's not what Mike said. We cannot confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we we separate to cars. be able to go out and, and we're spend leaving in separate cars. <laughs> that amount of time with someone and really get to know each other is is special. And when it's your kids. Uh, it's even better. You know, it's really quality time. It, you know, anytime you play golf with someone, you learn a lot about them. How do they handle adversity? You know, you know, how do they conduct themselves? And, you know, for, for me growing up, you know, my father was big on understanding the rules, understanding how to handle yourself. So when I, you know, got involved here, I really wanted not only the kids to get involved, but make it a family affair. The, the best thing that I've seen since, you know, this program has really kind of taken off is seeing after practices and or after matches, the kids grabbing their parents and saying, can we please go out and play more golf? Oh, yeah. And it's awesome, right? Uh, we, we, we did for the first time in a while, we did a very unofficial parent-child last year. And the, the reviews were, were through the roof. You know, people were just thrilled to be able to go out. And it, it could be kids in their 20s. It's just an opportunity. We're a family club. So to be able to have events that, you know, really promote that type of, of culture are, are fantastic. You know, long gone, in, in my opinion, are, are the days of just, you know, the, the country club is just, you know, the men are going to go out and play. Like, it's a family affair. We have a lot of ladies that want to get involved. So now they can go out and share this with their kids. And I think it's hysterical. I got a lot of parents saying, I learned this shot from my son who learned it during practice. Right? I mean, there's such a wealth of knowledge out there with golf. I mean, everybody goes on social media and it's like TikTok, Instagram, there's this, there's that. And now all of a sudden they're... You know, parents are getting a tip from their ten-year-old kid. It's you know, it's it's just memories that you, you're never going to lose. It's yeah, just yeah, you know, yeah. it's invaluable. I, I say that to Mike quite often because my no one in my family plays golf. Okay. Whereas Mike's family grew up playing golf. His his dad was a club champion at Matasquan, and he you know he's gotten time to play with him, his dad, his brother, grandfather, and and as someone who doesn't have that, uh, super jealous. I'm I'm over the moon jealous of that because I don't because I've done the driving range with my dad once mm-hmm. or twice and I don't I don't have that that's not something that we're ever going to get to experience my dad's still around also sorry dad <laughs> but like but he just he's not a golfer sure and he's yeah. not and and nobody in my family is and and my youngest brother is starting to get into it but he's into 
no shoes listening to music and like at some golf course and like a very different kind of golf sure. but still you're not getting that experience and that like those like Mike playing with his dad his brother and his grandfather and having that memory of just that time is is a super special thing that I don't think people realize how special it is until you don't have it and I'm someone who's never had it so I see how special it is it is. And, it, you know, just back to the point about your brother, though, I mean, what other game can you go out there with no shoes on and listen to music? But you're, everybody still has a common goal. Yeah. Like, I just want to get 1% better. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm struggling with this shot. Or you just, everybody has something in common when they're on a golf course, regardless of their background, political belief. It, do, it doesn't matter. You know, everybody's a golfer. I yeah. think it's, it's really and, unique. And, and ultimately, the goal is, yeah, everybody wants to play well. But, like, in that, in that respect, like, we're going out, like, a couple drinks, listening to music, having fun. It's more about spending time together sure. than yeah. it is like, yeah. ah, man, I bogeyed that hole and yeah. I should have parted, right? You know, like, yeah. so it has, golf has turned into this, to your point, has turned from this, like, the men are playing at the country club to now the country club's allowing, you know, we want, we want women, we want children, we want families playing, but also it's molded into, it's not the stick in the mud kind of golf like let's let's listen to music like we talked about the cradle being sure. um down in north carolina like that that's a casual like let's have a like let's have fun and let's accentuate the fun parts of golf mm -hmm. that that maybe were dormant for a long time sure sure yeah and i think that goes especially with the kids too i think the goal is like if you leave them wanting more that's when they come back and keep going and now the interest really just blossoms in terms of all that but like yeah there's no doubt but James, let's talk a little bit about like a normal day for you, because obviously we know what the golfers do, the teachers do, the pros do. Like we've heard a lot of the stories, but like from like a superintendent side of things, like like what time is the day starting? Like what do you what are you doing every day? Like in terms of getting that golf course ready at seven, eight, nine o'clock, whenever the first tee time is. Like what's a normal day like for you guys? The best part about the job, honestly, is that there is no normal day. So I think that's what <laughs> attracts a lot of people to it is sometimes you're going to be there at three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes you're going to be there at six o'clock in the morning. And, and we start at six with our group of guys. But sometimes people have to come in early. And oftentimes we're here staying late because we want to get, uh, you know, the golf course needs water, right? If it's super hot out or if we're doing a project, and we're going to stay late. Um, when it rains a lot and then it dries out, if we got to go out and we got to cut a bunch of grass because it's growing out of control. Um, but a normal work day for us is six o'clock in the morning to 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, we do work seven days a week. The weekends are just three hours for our guys. Um, but we are here, uh, we do spend a lot of time here. And uh, you know, like, like Mackie's been saying, it's, it's a really great culture here. And our team uh, in the Greens and Grounds Department has a really good culture, so spending a lot of time with each other is no problem. Uh, you know, we enjoy uh, the, the time we spend with each other and the amount of hard work that goes into preparing the golf course. But I think what a lot of people don't know is what we do in the mornings, like you said, because our goal is to get it done and not be seen. Yeah. The most out of the way we can be is, is our goal. So um, getting all those cuts in uh, on a daily basis for all the surfaces and making sure we're staying ahead of play and staying out of people's way as best as possible because our, our motto is, is kind of, you know, cre create a memory, create, create something that someone's going to remember coming off the golf course. And that's kind of our goal every day is to give somebody a, a good memory. You, you got one today. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. <laughs> Like, so for you, though, when you get here, like, you're getting here well before 6 o'clock. 
Oh, right, 100%. because that's when the work. Yeah, I know Brian's laughing. <laughs> and when you said you work six o'clock, I'm like, no, there's no way. Like that's when you start maybe cutting things. Right. In a sense, that's when but you like, can see. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. But yeah. like for someone like you, like you're getting here at what time? You know, like you're preparing from this time to this time. Like obviously, I understand like the cutting or the rolling may start at six, and that's like the time of the work hours. But like, what time are you getting here to prepare for the day? Could be three thirty, four o'clock in the morning, if depending on what we have going on. But the the preparation time for me is super important. I think getting a plan for the day and, and it changes on the fly because we have a changing environment. Right, we're dealing with Mother Nature, mm-hmm. um, and there's a million things that can go on when the light and the sun comes out, and you can start seeing um, what if what's it rains? out there. Uh, well, <laughs> it rained today, so you saw exactly what happens when it rains. It's, it's a mad scramble in, out, in, out. Um, so, but you got to be prepared for everything. And I think the, the quiet time for me, I love um, just kind of being able to think through things. And there's a lot of decisions that get made every day that people may not think are important. But to get the golf course where we think it needs to be, there's a lot of things you question. You, you question what decision you're going to make, and you got to make a decision by six. So, uh, you know, yeah. we, we do those decisions at the end of the day and in the morning. Um, there's also uh, irrigating the golf course it goes on in the morning. We have a program. Uh, that normally runs but sometimes you want to uh, do things by hand or you want to uh, make little adjustments to the program so uh, spending that time in the morning is critical and you know superintendents across the country put in a lot of time into the golf course and um, you know it definitely doesn't go unnoticed now it used to but I think that memberships are really starting to understand what guys are doing to prepare the golf course every day and to keep it at an elite level and there's a lot of really good superintendents out there and, and they're getting noticed by by their golf clubs and I think it's uh, it's been a really cool trend to see the last couple of years people are yeah. really taking to that side of it and like what you guys are doing kind of getting that angle um, a lot of guys are, are starting to get noticed for what they're doing and it's good yeah I think that a lot of times it was like you guys were always like the the unsung heroes that people would recognize like oh yeah but you were never able to put like a name with a face or really understand the ins and outs of what goes in your job and i think now more you know when i say certain names everybody's like oh i know who you're talking about and and i think the light is finally getting shined on people like yourselves because like we're out there enjoying the golf course but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes and then when you're able to like sit down and talk to you guys about here's what goes on here's just how we do it you are you're way more appreciative of what the product is because of really what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and importantly too, having that face-to-face interaction with people so they can understand what we are doing. If something goes wrong, what we're gonna do to fix it mm-hmm. and kind of getting out ahead of things and, and just being being transparent always is the best is the best thing, especially with all the project work we had going on. Being able to be transparent is super important. So yeah, being out ahead of things and, and having good communication is always key. So yeah, no doubt. Good. yeah, for sure. How much does social media play into that change with superintendents that are you know like you said you're posting pictures and you're you're doing all that that's the membership seeing that the other clubs are seeing that has that has that been a big i don't know how to put it has that been the biggest push to like people putting a a face to their to their supers at clubs because as mike said before like they're it used to be like that unsung hero that like you know did his work from you know, 3 a.m. to 8 a.m. and you never saw him on the course because you were starting at one, he was on 16, and then by the time it was done, it was really just the crew of guys that's doing any kind of cleanup. But now with social media, you're, you know, you're out there, you're posting stuff, and people are seeing what's happening to the course. Is that is that the biggest boom, you think? Or is there... 
or it, is it just the yeah. change in what's happening? Going no, it's it's been a big driving factor. When I got here, I got here a year after my boss Dan Kilpatrick, and and we kind of talked about doing some things to um, with the project work on on the horizon, kind of shining light on what we were doing, getting that out to the membership. That's how it really all started. So he was like, okay, like I'm going to task you with kind of doing this portion of it. You take care of this. <laughs> you're the social media, right? You're, you're you're the millennial here. You take care of this. Um, <laughs> So, and that's really how it started. And then it just started being like, you know, the membership would, would follow along and it came like a story each day. And, and now that the project works done, now it's just been kind of fun to, to post pictures and it gets people excited in the morning if they got to, you know, they're coming out for their round. Um, or even when we're doing, say, an airification practice, you can see what we're doing um, and, and what the result is uh, afterwards yeah. um, and getting any information out. It's, it's a good, it's a good avenue. So, um but yeah, I definitely think from other clubs' perspectives too. Like we we see what other clubs are doing, members see what they're doing, or people who are just a casual golfer can see what North Jersey Country Club does on a daily basis, um, or what any other top clubs in the country are doing. And I think it's it's cool to see and get people even involved in the industry because there's there's been plenty of high school kids that show up and they're just like, I want to work in grounds because right. I think it's a cool thing you guys mm -hmm. are doing. Yeah, I can yeah. go play golf and I like playing golf. I want to kind of mow some grass and, and get into it so it's fun well i think to, to your point that that's been a big like the golf industry has been declining as far as like having people in it not just so much as play golf is booming itself but having like pros are working 60 70 like when we talked with jeff carswell before the the shop right he had an 87 hour week the week before the shop right yeah. went to seaview so that having having that like I think for a while people were like, I love golf, I want to get into golf, then realize that it's not just playing golf. Like it's super hard. You're up at you're at the job at three, four AM, you're you know, working long hours, you're working late. So then it seems like there's been this this pullback from it. And hopefully now that with social media people can understand like and and have this change where like, yeah, there's days where we can we can take two schlubs like us out and have fun at the course and have a good day. There are going to be good days in it. Yeah, you're going to work hard. You're going to be in early. You're going to be, you know, pushing the junior programs. You're going to be doing all, doing all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's going to be the catalyst for, like, the next step and what's going to be in the future. And maybe that's five, ten years from now. But maybe it's closer. Every little bit helps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it has to evolve, you yeah. know, it has to change. I mean, you want to, you know, if it's going to be the same as it was, you know, by the time you retire or finish your career in this, you know, if it's the same as it was when you got here, you didn't have enough of an impact. You, know, mm -hmm. you want to see a change. I think what James and Dan do uh, the best that I've ever seen is interact with the members. You know, they're at the function so like when we host our marquee events and you know it's it's exclusive you know they're there in sport coats answering questions you know having a cocktail with the members and sitting down and eating dinner you know not throwing shade to anybody but oftentimes a lot of people shy away from that interaction because they feel there's going to be you know it's it's an attack it's a passive aggressive approach it's a complaint but you know guys like these guys, you know, who are so in tune with the detail, you know, they want to hear it and they understand what's coming. It's it's one of the things with the job. But the fact that they play golf with the members, we've had times where in events, you know, a member withdraws, something happens and there's a vacancy. These guys are like, I'll play. And they'll go out with the members. And that, I think, is such a unique thing where, you know, being a part of a country club, you know, is, is you're, you're, you're becoming part of the culture 
whether you're on the employee side or the member side. You know, you're, you're buying into something bigger. There were people here before us that created this and we're privileged to be a part of it. And, you know, to see these guys really get immersed in that and be part of the culture, you know, James is an assistant, you know, he's going to move on to be a head superintendent. That's part of how our business works. We're gonna be sad when he leaves, but he is not shying away from giving everything he's got every second of the day. And that's because he's got a great boss too. You know, Dan is, is big on that. Get out there, play, do things like we're doing today. And, you know, hopefully people do see that and they do realize like, yeah. wow, there's a lot of really cool things that are involved. For sure. Yeah. Especially, I mean, so let's talk about the golf course because I think that's one thing that you, like we said, we see the pictures, you know, I've, I've reached out to different people, like give me a little something about what you think about North Jersey Country Club and the whole nine. And it's like, you know, you're going to love it. It's a gem that's not talked about as much. And you, you hear all the words and you see the pictures, but then like to experience it and you step on grounds. Like, it's like, even like, I know you talked heavily, Ryan, about the drive in, like yeah. the whole nine is like, wow. What, what about the golf course you think that is going to be the one thing that is it's, you know, after all the renovation, like the coming out party, like that the state finally says, listen, we're, we're having championships here or the section we're having second. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think that's going to be that the, that light finally says like, all right, it's gone off. Like, don't forget about us because we got something special here. Well, I mean, in terms of events, like we've already started, like we, we hosted the, the state mid-am. Um, unfortunately, it was, you know, it was during COVID. So the members here couldn't really come out and spectate. You know, there was great golf. Mike Brown won. He played a, a great opponent in, in Mark Costanza. And then we had the, the state um am qualifier here we had the usga four ball qualifier here so we're starting and everybody that left here was blown away mm-hmm. you know and again it's just these things take time and we still hadn't been fully renovated you know we still have irrigation to get done which is going to change a lot too so once these projects really are done and this course really ties in you know i think uh, obviously uh between myself and brian Crawfeiffer you know, playing in these section events and, you know, being relatively close to the, to the, um, the governance and being involved, trying to just keep guys aware that, hey, we're interested in hosting events. You know, our current president, Peter Robitello, was adamant about trying to get one of the section majors here. So, you know, once we get that opportunity again and again, and we just keep knocking it out of the park, I think people are going to really enjoy coming back. I think it's just, you know, North Jersey has always been a great piece of property. The property hasn't changed. Obviously, the golf course has has been changed a little bit and a lot of trees have come down. So maybe people still, hey, there's a lot of blind shots. I mean, really, when you look at it, there's not a couple of tee shots. But other than that, I mean, it is right in front of you. And now that you have all these vistas and views with the trees down, it's totally different. Last year, we hosted a section event and the amount of people that said, this place, I can't even recognize it. It's so different. You know, we just need to keep people coming back here and experiencing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is stunning with its views. Like you said, the, the vistas and everything and and it will snowball. This place is, is unbelievable that it'll, you do a qualifier, people love it. Maybe another qualifier, you host something else. It'll, it's going to get into the rotation of things for, for the Met, for the, for the, New Jersey Golf Association. It's gonna yeah, and it, yeah, and, and it helps. It helps when sure. you have membership pushing that yeah. because sure. they're they're listen. I think we all understand at the end of the day, like they're the 
you know, the reason that sometimes it doesn't happen at certain clubs because they don't want to give up three days of, sure. of, of their play. So knowing that the president is fully behind that is going to, you know, even more enhance the opportunities yeah. to have big time events here so that not only the people in the surrounding area or the membership, but like everybody from, you know, South Jersey to North Jersey, West Jersey, like everybody can fully get to experience like how good it really is here. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I think course setup too plays into our hand. I think we can make it as hard or easy as we want it. I mean, you guys kind of saw we have point. alternate tee decks. Yeah. There's all the different quadrants of the greens. And I think not having a lot of bunkers yeah. gives you the ability to move things around and present different challenges. So we're going to host a, a Met Senior event here. And I think that that plays in really well to, to a certain setup. But you can also host you know a women's event. And you can host all these different events, a junior event men's event that all can be set up differently and provide a completely different golf course every time you play. And like, because the senior event's going to be not played from from the back tees, they're going to play from forward. So like, it brings its own challenges into play that the back tees aren't either are just flying over those, you know, if you you have, you know, the New Jersey Open is going to be from the back tees and they're, they're not reaching some fescue, whereas the seniors playing up is going to reach that or, or you know it brings it a hundred percent it brings in different strategy different holes are going to be and it's it's it has a lot of character in that way do you yeah, guys have a sure. favorite hole Ooh. give mm. a favorite like obviously when i when i think about like being out there and and every time i got it like at my phone out like i was like that's a great picture and i can mm-hmm. see why james has so many pictures on his thing but like <laughs> is there a hole for you guys that stands out to like wow that that you know after thinking about it like that's my favorite mine was four. Oh wow okay big birdie on four. yeah big for birdie that, 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 that adds into it that adds into it yeah. <laughs> that's why it's not hurting the cause <laughs> i think it's really unique and a lot of our members say it and a lot of people that come and play that where you can play every hole and feel that it can be a signature hole style yeah. and we don't like to categorize any of our holes as a signature hole specifically um but going around like you said every hole presents a unique challenge it's picturesque in its own different way um, and yeah, it's really hard to choose one. It really um, so so, Mike. That's a great question because uh, James thanks, and I, I talk for Thank for you. yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, you're adding a lot of value, Mike. <laughs> but, but James and I talked about that for a hole and a half, maybe about like yeah. this. Yep. Being, like they don't want to have a signature hole here because all of the holes are signature. And as when he said that, I started thinking back to like, like okay, yeah, I loved four because it's a you know I birdied it, but. But then, like, you're gonna keep saying five. Sorry, is, you want to say it one guys, more time? Did you, guys, you remember so when you burned four? Yeah, I remember that time. Are you gonna tell them what the score was? But like on the round, what the, are you gonna talk about what the round? The, the you're avoiding the other question. holes. What those, um, like the what's that? The fifth hole with the rock, the rocks in the background. Uh, that par three over the, with the water there. Uh, oh, uh, seven, 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 right. seven, seven yeah. there, like. That's beautiful. Like you can just go and and each hole is just as beautiful, just as picturesque, just as whatever as as the next hole. And you just keep going round and round because there's, it's 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 impossible to pick a a, a hole on especially on the back that was like that was my favorite hole. So yeah, a lot of times you have the rock outcroppings when you're yep. playing up the hill, and then when you're playing down the hill, you have the vistas because you're playing from on top right, of it, and so you can see the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And there's there's so much land movement, fescue, and and with the with the rolling terrain here, it's it's rugged, it's beautiful. 
um, but that's what makes it special. And that's that's what the membership loves, and and it's it's made doing all the project work just enhanced that. So when Brian Schneider came in, he was able to use those features and really enhance what um, was already in the ground and what was what was built originally by Walter Travis. Yeah. So like what Dan Kilpatrick, my boss, what he what his vision is for the golf course and what we execute every day is based on that. It's based on what do we have in the land already and how do we bring it out of it? How do we bring that beauty out? How do we make it a, a really, really good golf course based on what's already there? Is 13 the par three? Was 13? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's my favorite. That's your favorite? Yeah, if you're asking me like what hole for me as a, as a first time person coming here, like what hole is like mentally right now standing out in my mind? Like mm-hmm. to me, just that the optics of that, that from that back tee, you got the rock kind of sticking out of the wall, you know, like the green, the whole, the whole thing to me, like to yeah. me, that was like a, and I know maybe we don't want to say the word signature, but to me, that was the hole that stands out. It's going to stand out for, as, for this, you one. know, a yeah. lot of the, and other, but in terms of the whole golf course, like to me, like, the greens are something that like are just mind blowing mm-hmm. because you know having probably fifty total putts today, um, <laughs> they are so. And I guess I would say it like that is the defense of this golf course. I would 100%. think it's not yeah. it's not the longest track where it's over seven thousand yards, and it's not like where you're hitting you know tons of long irons into par threes. But these greens are so difficult yeah. that if you're not like really focused when you're putting like you're going to shoot 85 and, and not having rough like having those runoffs into um into bunkers like no there's nothing to protect yes. it so you, yes. you roll roll yeah. roll it keeps going and then all of a sudden like the one on nine there like like we were saying if it was just a foot faster it was going to be yeah. 12 feet and then into the bunker yeah. so like get dumped on by a right. massive monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly to start the day yeah so, it rained it rained too it, 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 it did, 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 did that's why it was carpath only so like those kind of things and, and uh, i love that look of like that just smooth sleek look where like the putting green rolls into the green of of nine and three and you're onto the the yes. like that's such a beautiful mm-hmm. beautiful look but but to Mike's point, if you're not careful, you, you're gonna you're gonna be well off. And now you're thinking of like you said before. Do you, Brian? Do you like you said? <laughs> do you do you want to putt that? Do you want to chip that? Now we're into our operation thirty six. Like what's the yeah. what's our yeah. what are we how are we playing this? Because now you're in a bad spot. Yeah. yeah, this course is perfect for that. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Perfect. I mean, it's just for that. there's so many options, you know, um, and I, I think that's great. You know, you play a lot of courses across the country, and it's you know, it's typical. You miss a green, all right? Well, I'm using this wedge. You know, mm-hmm. it's this here. You know, you could bump and run, or but are you using an eight iron? Are you using a hybrid? Are you putting it? Are you using a lofted wedge? And certain situations call for certain shots. I mean, sometimes you're better off knowing that, hey, I'm going to hit it significantly past the hole and let it catch a mound and bring it back. back. So like the creativity there is, you know, to take that extra second and say, okay, how, how do I get this ball near the hole? Mm -hmm. It's, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, like a place like I've never experienced another golf course with those types of undulations and characteristics. I think it's, it's great. I mean, I worked at 
white beaches, which is also a Walter Travis design. Uh, and there's, you know, a couple greens that are similar, but this place is, is really, really special. It's got his stamp all over it. It, it definitely does. And, and I know that Hollywood's another Walter Travis. Yeah, for sure. With their renovation, the same thing. Like they have those runoffs that there's no, you know, right into bunkers and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we played the, the, the charity clam bake there. And, you know, the first day they, they kind of gave us a, they threw us a bone and put some pins in some decent spots and a couple under par scores. And then wind picked up, place got a little firm and fast. And I don't know that the superintendent likes seeing scores under par. So those pins went in some spots and man, it's a real mm-hmm. challenge. You miss in the wrong spot and you're making double real quick from right off the green yeah. or on the green. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the GV green visited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but that, I mean, and that's and that's here too. Yeah. I mean that, and I think that's why you know you could play this course a million times and never get bored of it Correct. because it's it's the possibilities of it always being something different is what I think every golfer enjoys. That it's not the same old mundane. 350 yards straight away flat green you can like no it the pin on this screen for number one for example like where that pin was today like you can mix and match that a million spots yeah. and like it's a completely different par five yeah. if it's and and even like the and you know you could always play different tee boxes you used to play in the back well okay now i'm gonna not get hit driver today i'm gonna play the the red tees and to your point in some courses mike the you're still hitting the same shots because it's just this is the course. There's nothing different. But with uh, James, as you said, there's so many different tee complexes and and so many different angles and avenues that you can put it in. It's it it can be a vastly different from day to day. And yeah. when the wind blows here, oh, man, forget about it. Say, the wind then, is 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 a constant. It could be your friend, it could be your enemy, but it's always going to be blowing. That's, that's just always it. It's a different weather pattern up yeah. here. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the wind blows differently. We have so many elevated tee shots. You're fully exposed. You know, you guys asked the question about favorite hole. You know, like, we have two really good short par fours. Number three, right. in my opinion, and 14. You know, you're hitting, you know, if a guy comes, oh, you know, it's short, bangs driver down there. Okay, so even if you hit the best drive, you have to now be so precise with your second shot, or you could actually make a double from 100 yards out. I mean, 14, even if you move the box up um, and put that pin where it was today in that front right corner, I guarantee you, if you put a field of scratch golfers out there, the average score is over par on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because anything hitting the green, if it's firm and fast, is, is taking off. So now you're messing with that false front. You know, and people say, oh, it's gimmick. It's not gimmicky. You know, it's, it's, it's risk-reward. Right. If you can get it down there far enough to where you have the angle, the appropriate angle, you're right. It's not that hard. But, you know, if you're going to be aggressive and lose it, now you're on the right side of that. If I'm talking more about number 14. You know, if you're down in that right corner, that's a tough up and down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a tough up and down. And and like, I would say still, you still need to hit the shot, right? You might still put yourself. You hit drive. You're in a good spot. You got a good angle to the green. You still need to put a good shot. Oh yeah, on that ball because, as we just said, the greens are tough. So if you don't put a good one, now you're going to hit the false front. Now you're going to blame something. So you say it's yeah. gimmicky when yep. it's just no. You hit a poor shot and you needed to hit a better shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that's it. Hey, know, Mike, I bur- yeah. I parred that hole today. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. <laughs> Great drive. Yeah. Um, so I, I will also say, like, uh, no pictures on the car, guys. 
that, and I think that's another nice thing about this place. It is also like a thinker's golf course. Like you have to actually think about what you're doing at times instead of just saying, I'm just going to rip driver here just sure. because I, and, and I think from like a competitive side, that's another fun thing with golf courses that it's not just, I'm taking driver out here and I'm just ripping it and I'll figure it out. But like, you got to like kind of plot your way around here to go low because of this whole place. So I, I think 14 is a great example. Like you can bomb driver, but like for me, I pull a little bit left. I'm in the vescue. Yeah. I'm making double bogey. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that's why you got to appreciate the restoration right. part of it. Because like when you think about how people played the game when this course was built, I mean, A, they weren't maintained to roll at 14s, right? You didn't, it just wasn't right. in the technology. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, the game was played along the ground. It was, you know, everybody was thinking about and plotting. You know, now we're in this phase of golf where, you know, there's, there's so many good athletes playing golf and people can hit the ball farther and, you know, minimize spin off the tee, but maximize spin with their wedges, you know. So you're playing it. So to see a course like this that's, you know, we played from the back tees today and right now, one foot in the rough, we're what, 6,700 yards, yeah. right? And you, when you look at a scorecard like that, the immediate response for somebody that's you know pretty long off the tee is, I'm gonna eat this place up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Look at these par fives, look at these par fours, <laughs> I'm gonna drive it right up in front. And then I think that's really what happens is people leave here feeling like an unsolved jigsaw puzzle. They're like, I, I didn't hit it that bad and I shot significantly over par. Because it can grab you, and I think that's a testament to Walter Travis and his vision of, you know, talk about withstanding the test of time. I mean, the game has changed, and this course is still, you know... Killing people. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. I mean, like, I sit here and I think about like my round, and I'm very crazy and mentally how I think about things. But like, I don't feel like I hit the ball bad, but I shot over 80 today, and it was like, holy hell! Like, I don't feel like I played that poorly, but. Sure. The greens play such a mind trick on you yeah. that like, yeah. you need to think a lot better yeah. than I did out there. Yeah. James, I want to talk about the restoration. So when you came in, where was the, the restoration process? Was it already started or were you part of the beginning of the process? So it was just in its infancy. Um, Dan, our greens chair, Ken Fiorina, they had secured Brian as the architect. Um, so when I came on board, the vision was, okay, here's the plan. We're going to execute this plan. We're bringing it back to Walter Travis. Okay. Um, so from there, we set out and, and did it in a three-phase process. So through COVID in 2020, as, as difficult as it was to get work done, we did a lot of work in-house with Brian um, to get the ball rolling, show the membership, here's what we're doing, mm-hmm. here's what it's going to look like, um, here's why we're doing it, here's, here's a little sneak preview. And then the next two years... Uh, which would have been 21 and, and 22 in the fall. We shut down nine holes at a time. So mm-hmm. we started with the front, went through the whole front, changed the greens, fairways, uh, the whole nine. Um, and then kind of last year went to the back and, and did a little more work uh, back there. But it it started out as as just kind of a, a vision and, and like everything else, it turned out better than I think we all expected. For sure. I mean, yeah. again, it's, yeah, it's spectacular yeah. out there. How... How much of like like you said, Dan brought in Brian. How much does does Dan at that point, or when you come on, you and Dan, how much do you guys um, talk to to Brian about like what your vision is, what his vision is, what he wants to do? Is it just him doing his his own thing, and then 
he's like, hey, this is what I want, and he just gives it, and you guys are doing it? Like, how does that process work? So we have a contractor that came in, so we, we split some work. We did a lot of the irrigation work for the holes. Um, the contractor was building the greens. We stepped in where we needed to, um, to, to help build some things and shape some things. But Brian ultimately was, he, he set the plan. This is what we're doing. Um, he executed that plan. We, you know, we don't have any architectural uh, influence. He's, okay. He is, it's fully his, his vision. He knows Walter Travis. Um, he knows how to build and create things for golf. That's not our forte. We maintain what you know he what put out there, and he, he'll ask questions like, "Hey, listen, if I'm going to do this here, if I'm going to put this short grass here, for example, on 13, I remember uh, where those two bunkers are. That shaved a lot of the shaved areas that we have. He's like, you guys be able to maintain this if I put this line here. So we got to look at it from our perspective, knowing what our mowers are capable of and okay. all those different things. If this line goes here, how does this affect how you guys are going to maintain and you know, most of the time, probably 99.99% it was go, do what you got to do because, okay. <laughs> you know, you have that vision, make it happen because you know better than we do. So, um, but yeah, it, it, that's his, that's his baby and that's, that's what he's going to do. Okay. Does he need approval from the club at all? Like after, and maybe this is before you, but is this, is it like he comes in, he gets hired. And, and then he says, okay, this is what I want to do. And he like lays out floor plans and then the club has to, to look at it. And I'm, I'm gathering not. What's well, that? What's that? He, what so happens every, every architect is different. And I think what was unique was that our <laughs> greens chairman uh, is, is, a, is a huge historian, big into architecture. And he understood how Brian operates and, and the way that he operates a lot of times. So he's going to give you a plan. But ultimately what he is going to decide when it comes down to it is based on when he's sitting there at the hole in the bulldozer, what does he want to do? Okay. And, and he knows because he knows, right? And, yeah. and nobody else knows. Okay. So for, for him, he's going to set a plan out. He's going to give you what he wants to do. He's going to talk about what he wants to do. Um, but just because he puts something down on a piece of paper doesn't mean it's going to turn out that way on, in, the, in the course, <laughs> but, for, but for the better because yeah. he makes it better out there. Being able to see it and feel it, he's done so many projects and he's so experienced that you want that person. For you sure. want him yeah. to have the freedom to go do what he wants to do. You don't want to restrict him by saying, well, this isn't what you put on your plan. You got, you got to let him go yeah. because he's ultimately going to make it what it is. And, and if you're hiring somebody, like, yes, you're, the club is hiring. He yeah, you gotta works trust for the club, yeah. quote unquote, yeah. but you got to trust his his image. So there's the key term is right. trust. Right? A lot of so trust. It's, it's an, it was an emotional roller coaster. I mean, when you think about it, right? So, because obviously the membership is putting up a lot of money, mm -hmm. okay? So, you know, and most of these, you know, most of our members are business owners or involved in, you know, and, and they're doing well and, and they want to know where it's going. What's the vision? Mm -hmm. Show me plans. And Brian's an artist, right? You know, well, and it was, that was it, the board I was going to go to. It was really impressive. Even just going out there, like there's not many times on, on, on our side of the business or James' side really where you get to be part of a project like this. So when you go out and you just see dirt and you're like, you know, okay. And to know that a guy has a vision to be able to take a hole and like, I'm sorry, seeing grass stripped off a of green, seeing, a, you know, a backhoe go in and remove, you're just like, oh my <laughs> God, right? Like if somebody doesn't fix a divot, you cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're digging it up yeah. and you're like, wow, this is crazy. What's he going to do? And this guy had a vision the whole time and you would see him come in and get in the machine or, and he's in the machine. Right. He does all the shit. Like he's, he's in the, the earth yeah. over. 
but he's using it like a paintbrush. It was really cool to observe. So he would move dirt, you know, take the, the bucket loader and tap it down. And then he would go and get out of it and walk, you know, whatever, a couple hundred yards away and go stand. And you could see him looking, get back in the machine and then go and tap it down a little bit. I have no clue what this guy's doing, right? <laughs> members would be watching and they're like, well, what's he doing? It's like, well, I don't know, so I can't give you an answer, but like, let's just hope this comes out great. And then to see Picasso how it right. matured, and then, you know, for you guys to come out and be like, wow, this is awesome. You know, it, it again, the trust factor there really pays off. You know, I think it was well executed, both from the membership side to trust that, James and Dan would be involved and kind of watch it, you know, our, our uh, Greens chairman, you know, his vision and the governance before him and then to hire the right guy to come in. I mean, it is really cool to see how this whole thing panned out. Yeah, really it's, cool. It's, it's it's crazy. Crazy. It seems like it worked out perfectly. It, really it did. Does. It did. Yeah. It's a test, like a lot of great people involved and a lot of patience. A lot of patience. A lot of patience. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's and, the thing. When he, when he did his research and he knew what he was getting in, himself into, he, that's that's what he wanted. He wanted that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted the Picasso. Yeah. Yeah. And why wouldn't you, right? And and trust is the perfect thing. And you, sure, you're going to go through like like different emotions. You might be in a glass case of emotion at some point through sure. the whole nice. month. There you go. And, and I, you was just, waiting, I was waiting for a movie and reference. You just, and you just might, but you. <laughs> it's But you you have to trust trust the process. You got to trust that you've hired this guy to do the right thing and yeah he laid out this plan and this is going to be a you know it's going to this par three is going to top out at 200 yards but you know what he wants to move this green here because this complex or this these undulations are going to be better at 180 yards or whatever he's going to do and he's going to do it on the fly and you got to trust it mm -hmm. yeah. 100%. and then i'm sure he trusts you guys to maintain it right. and do yeah. the right and, and the best part about doing that in three phases too was building that trust over time yeah. is that doing phase phase one was removing some bunkers adding some mounds uh, adding a bunch of short grass we didn't touch any greens in the first year so to to build that trust and yeah. to build the momentum into year two and then into year three it only got better as the time went on so it's, it was it was great it's got to be so cool to watch i mean you're you guys are both in it but but Brian, maybe you're so you're not in it, but like as as James is, but like you're watching this happen. It's got to be so cool to like just again, you're watching a masterpiece be painted. Yeah, I had never been a part of a, a restoration or renovation, so you know to see professionals doing their thing. Like I've obviously I've seen James and Dan, you know, working their craft in terms of you know maintaining the property, mm -hmm. but to see them as involved as they were, you know, working along Schneider. Was, was really impressive. I mean, it's so far out of my league. Again, like just watching somebody take an existing golf hole, rip it to shreds and then redesign it. And within such a short period of time too, you know, it, it was amazing to see the phases of like, okay, it's, it's scalped and now it's being shaped. And then, you know, you're seeing, seeing the irrigation system go in in the green and then they have the, the, the layers. And then once the grass goes down, it's like, wow, it's and then not, a couple yeah. short months later, you're playing golf. Yeah, it's it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It really is such a cool thing to observe. I mean, there's so much talent involved. I mean, it, it, you know, it it really it really was impressive. I learned a ton just observing. Yeah, and I'm on the total outside. <laughs> you know, it's like really really impressive. Very fortunate to be able to have been a part of it.
small part, yeah. just watching. Well, Not yeah. I didn't wasn't involved at all actually. You actually <laughs> you, uh, you you were there. You helped you helped members from Sod one day. You were moving Sod on the pallets. We did. It was a yeah. team effort. That you know, good. we had some adverse weather conditions. We right. all gloved up and went out and yeah. rolled some Sod. And yeah. I'll tell you what, man. When you go boots on the ground and you start working alongside these guys, you realize, you know, really gives you some perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, rolling that heavy. Yeah, heavy, it, was, it was soaking wet. But it was cool, <laughs> man. I mean, just to be able to help again, being part of the culture, being part of something bigger than you to say, hey, you know what? I helped lay sod on a green. Pretty cool. Not yeah. really going to have that opportunity no, anywhere not. else. No, you're not. Out there, I was like, I asked James, I said, like, what did you do? He's like, I dug that trench there. Like, he's like, <laughs> I dug. It's like, that's got to be such a cool feeling to be like, like, I did that. Like, there's, there's a river there right now mm-hmm. because I was in, I was in the backhoe. I was with a shovel. I was... I dug it. Like, yeah. That's got to be such a cool feeling. And yeah. at the time, too, again, just not really knowing, like, you know, Brian Schneider was very transparent. But again, without seeing actual prints, which everybody wanted, right, It a lot of the stuff, I don't want to say it was very, it, it wasn't popular, right? But these guys, you know, they all had the vision of this is what it's going to be. You just got to mm-hmm. give it time. And like anything else, at first, you know, there's always a lot of opposition and what's he doing? And why is that bunker this way? And what's happening here? And then, boom! Now it comes out, and everyone's like, "Oh, we love yeah, it!" Yeah. You know, you're like, "Yeah, I, I never doubted it from the start." Yeah, yeah, I yeah. told him this was going to be yeah, a success. Yeah. I said, "That was my idea." Favorite all ever. Wait, he didn't give you plans on the original. He did. Like, oh, he, he, okay. he gave plans, but they were they were guidelines. To what to what to what was going to happen? Okay. Yeah, there was. Subject to change. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's correct. He, he presents yeah. a plan yeah. that's this is what we want to execute. But when conversations happen, if there's new artifacts found, like if there's a picture that we found down the line before we started working on a hole, it's like okay, hey, we got this picture now. Now we know what was over here, so now we got to change the plan. Yeah. Um, a lot of things fall into play, but ultimately right. it always works itself right. out. And that comes again comes back to the trust, right? Very organic. Yeah. Very, Very organic, organic process. Yeah. 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 Farm yeah. to table. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to ask you, um, Brian, you mentioned something about like this, you know, a couple under par and the superintendent got angry, so they put the pins in tough locations. So we James, I want to, <laughs> is that a real thing? Do you guys actually look at like when, when a tournament comes, you know, you got the club championship or whatever's coming up here, do, do you guys look at something and be like, Okay, the course played easier than we wanted to. How can we make it harder today? Or vice versa? Or like, like is there, how does that work on your end? Because everyone makes the joke, like the superintendent, like his girlfriend must have broke up with him or something. Like he's mad <laughs> yeah. today. Like what's that, what is, yeah. is that true? Or setup, how does that look? Setup is tough sometimes, especially on a golf course. You guys play the greens. When you have this much undulation, when weather patterns can change. So if you start out in the morning, um, and it's not very windy and it gets windy throughout the day, things get firmer and faster. You have to be able to account for that and plan for that ahead of time. It goes back to the planning, knowing what the day is going to bring. Yeah. Um, what speed are you targeting when you do your maintenance practices? Um, what's your firmness going to be like? And that all comes into play when you pick the pin. And with the amount of undulation here, you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we never aim to make the golf course ridiculously hard or ridiculously easy. I think always finding that middle ground is our goal. But yes, there, there are certain pins like he talked about with 14 where we know, hey, how are we gonna challenge, um, you know, for the club championship, how, how are we gonna challenge that championship flight? Um, and then vice versa, when we have the ladies club championship is a whole different uh, set of skills that they possess to play the golf hole. Mm-hmm 
that's different from you know, the men's championship fight for the club championship, how we're going to set it up for them. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a collaborative effort. I mean, we're constantly talking about how was this set up for opening day? How was this set up for the member guest, the member member? Um, we're always talking about what are the best pins, and, and they give us such good insight. I love hearing from them. When they go out and they play, I want to know, okay, so how was this pin today? How, was, how did you play this whole, especially when the stuff was opening, we were looking to them for all the answers because we could have a green scan that tells us the uh, topography and, and how much slope is in something. But when they play the hole, I want to know how they play. Right. And I want to know how our average member plays the hole. We get the, the metrics back from um, each hole how, you know, to par, what, are the, what is the membership playing? Right. And that all factors into it. I know it sounds like a lot of data and a lot of, a lot of things going into it, but it's important because that's ultimately when you go from the tee to green, mm-hmm. that's what's going to dictate your score. So yeah. it's important yeah. to us to get it right. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. And we don't always get it right. No. We no. try to get it right. <laughs> no, but we learn from it. <laughs> right. You know? We always learn from it. I yeah. think, you know, for a lot of people listening, you know, the, the communication factor is massive. That is, that is the, the, the biggest thing between the staff, you know, the, the, the green staff and the professional staff, and then also to the membership. You know, if you can keep the lines of communication open, you know, it clears up a lot of misconceptions. Yeah, a lot of confusion. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and why is, why is this like this? You know, and, and, and as long as you can provide answers, you know, you, you have a leg to stand on. No, no. I, I think it's very important. And the fact that, you know, I've worked at places where there wasn't the best communication. And it really does play into the experience, uh, both on the staff side and the member side. If, if, if people are looking for information, it, it needs to be provided. Yeah. yeah. But to that point, you want it to be a memorable experience every time you come. So to have a, a good set of, of pins and tees, the setup of the golf course is so important to how you're gonna remember oh, God, yeah. the way yeah. you play yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't, we don't wanna beat somebody up and say, this is a championship golf course. We want to beat you up. We want you to, to come off the, the golf course feeling like you shot a million. Yeah. We want you to have fun. We want you to be like, oh, 14. Ah, what a, what a great hole. I hit, I hit the ball down. There's an I birdie number four. Right. Uh, we, want, we want you to have that. We want you to have we that. We birdied experience. four, didn't we? Yeah, yeah that's, that's I, I, I what did. I thought. I did. So well, when we set number four up today, the, it was all based on you getting that. Birdie. And I really yeah. – you doing the research behind on my golf swing and how – uh, inconsistently consistent it is that you were able to say hey, so this many is Ryan versus videos went into making sure that that hole was ready that, for you that's going to be epic <laughs> that is going to be epic when that thing comes out how much you just mentioned I just thought of this how much does the pin placement what comes first the pin placement or the T placement and how much do those interact with each other I'd say the pin first in a lot of scenarios. Um, we don't have freedom on all the tees to move around yardages, but where we do definitely, where the pin's gonna be is important first to know, like you saw number two, you can play from the left to the right, or yeah. 15 play from left to the right. So when we set the pin, that's where we'll start. We'll say, okay, where do we want the pin to be today? Where was it the day before, mm-hmm. this past week? Move the pin around first, then say, okay, now where are we gonna set the tees? Gotcha. So yeah, definitely, definitely from green to tee. Okay. I need to mention, you know, the, the, the charitable work that takes place um, at a lot of clubs. Um, you know, every club I've worked at, you know, there are holidays that fall on the, on the calendar. And, you know, a lot of times I think it's just society. Listen, it's a tough topic to talk about. Nobody wants to touch it. You know, there, there's people that do really brave things so that we can sit here today and have this podcast. Um, and I noticed that 
at times when these holidays are not acknowledged, I would get feedback of like, hey, you know, it, it's Veterans Day, like we didn't do anything or Fourth of July, you know, hey, are we running some type of, you know, could we get a veteran out here? And, you know, my grandfather served in the Marine Corps. Um, he was a Purple Heart. He went up the beach at Iwo Jima where 90 guys a minute got killed. And for some reason, my grandfather was able to get through. And then my dad uh, answered the call when he went to Vietnam, which was a very, very unpopular time in this country. Uh, he enlisted as a 19-year-old, went into the Marine Corps. Um, you know, enlistments were four years at the time, but because casualties were so heavy, it got knocked down to two. You know, my dad had two Purple Hearts. You know, he saw the worst of what people can do to one another. And, you know, I never served. That was always something that sat sour with me. My dad talked me out of it as many times as I wanted to do it. Uh, and then kind of found a way being involved in golf, like how you can still help and serve uh, and take care of these people that do so much for us. Um, so I, I had the opportunity at a couple of clubs to, you know, just kind of set up some donation tables and people responded beautifully. You know, hey, whether it's 20 bucks or 2000, you know, somebody taking the time to be like, I really believe in this cause. And then coming here, it just morphed into this whole thing. I mean, you know, this year we've already raised $70,000 for veterans organizations wow. in two wow. events. So I did a hundred hole marathon over Memorial Day weekend. I put it all over social yeah, media. Yeah, I've never seen it. The club responded, I mean, we raised 41,000 bucks. And then July 4th, which was our marquee event last year, uh, I brought my father. Uh, last year it turned into this whole thing. I brought him again this year. We honored a bunch of names of uh, members, relatives that served. And it was just so cool to see people come out of the woodwork. And, you know, we raised another $25,000. And this is just the membership donating this money. Wow. You know, we have yet to tap into, you know, possibly starting a charitable foundation within the club to where we can, you know, possibly, you know, acquire some corporate funds or have somebody match, you know, what we raise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to know that a group of people are so behind this cause and to know that somehow, some way, somebody knows somebody and they now want that person to be recognized. I think it's so important, not only just to take care of our current veterans, but to, to, to remember those that have come before, our grandfathers, great grandfathers. I mean, everybody had somebody at some point that did something mm -hmm. to create what we have today. And through golf, it's just an amazing thing. I just don't see it happening in other sports. You know, the, again, the interaction, the intimacy that golf provides and then to go ahead and, and create, um, you know, revenue to, to help people is unbelievable. And you see the PGA of America is doing a great job. You know, they have PGA Hope. Mm -hmm. A lot of these organizations run uh, golf uh, outings, you know, Backpacks for Life happens to be here. Um, so we help them out. Folds of Honor, obviously, is a household name. Everybody knows about them. Uh, there's a family that's doing amazing things. They're members at our Cola Country Club, the, the Rea family, uh, Homes Fit for Heroes. You know. All of these private sector people are raising an immense amount of money to take care of our veterans. And it's just, it's so cool to be a part of it. And this club is, is second to none in terms of, of, of helping. Yeah, that's awesome. Course. Yeah, that it's really is. Course, yeah. I always like to end it with this. And, and this, for me, is my last question. But, like, it is kind of a, a little difficult one. But, like, if you had to, obviously we're golfers trying to travel the state, play as many different golf courses as we can. Is there one you would recommend to the audience, whether it's a public or private spot, that if you get the opportunity to go play, like you've got to stop what you're doing and go play? And, and we always say like your own club is, you can't say it. Obviously, I, I think that like after experiencing it, like yeah. yes, if you guys get an opportunity, you should come play here. Yeah. But 
from you, yours for, for perspective, like, do you have a spot that stands out to you guys? Um, one in particular is tough. I mean, I, I think what's unique, and we kind of touched on this earlier, mm-hmm. was just like how versatile the state is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you yep. could go to places like, I mean, I don't know, I, I think it's called Panther Valley. Is that the yeah. one that's in, um, oh God, Hackettstown, Hack- yeah, out that yeah, way? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you're talking like, you go there and it's up, down, all sideways and all over the place. And then like, you'll go down and, and play, uh, <laughs> you'll go down and play like Spring Lake and, you know, Manasquan or Deal or Hollywood. And it's like a totally different vibe. You go to Galloway, yeah. um, you know, and then you come up here. And Sandy, you, flat. It, yeah. has its own, it has its own challenges sure. that you guys don't have up here. But you're and using you go to Northern Bergen Northern. County and you've got, you know, you got... Obviously, Arcola, you've got Ridgewood, you've got Hackensack, you've got these amazing courts. There's so, there's so much versatility, but... Um, you Give know, me one. Give me one. I'm a big Ridgewood guy. Okay. I really enjoy the facility. I enjoy all the shot shapes, uh, obviously the, the trees. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool venue. I, and I understand that not everybody's going to have the opportunity to play there. Right. Uh, but that's one, you know, anytime I get to go there, I'm, I'm thrilled. Do you got one? Yeah, I'd say from a Greens perspective. I was going to ask you. I want one from a Greens perspective yeah. and one from a player's perspective. Yeah, from from from, from a strictly uh, like the Greens themselves and how they undulate and how they move. And, and I'd say that Mountain Ridge, I got to work there for the um, LPGA Cognizant Cup uh, tournament they had there. Um, so I got to, to experience you know the grounds straight on. I haven't, I haven't played the golf course. Um, but that to me, that set of greens is, is one of the best. Um, and I know Rock Spring being a rainer and being, but being public, I know you guys said you just played there. I'd say that, that set of greens there is, is really something special. Um, so, so those two, for, for a public and a private for me, I think just, just based on the, the way that their greens are, 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 are special. Two good ones. Yeah, two really two good, good ones. ones. I mean, I, you also got a place like Fours Gate. Right, banks, right. It's crazy yeah, banks, good, yeah. and I'm sorry, a sleeper is is the Knoll West, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that place is fabulous. It's such a good. Test. Someone just brought that up Noel in West. a recent. Yeah, I want to say Jack Simon, who's a mem- who, you know, just battled with Jack Wall and the you know the amateur. I think he said that Noel West did, was yeah. his favorite public track. Oh no, question. that he was like, if I could ever own a track, I'm I'm buying that yeah. place because place it's awesome. Sneaky. It's yeah. awesome. It's got so many good little feet. It's got some challenging par threes. I mean, they have that huge Baritz green. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then 18 kind of like the Redan style going back up and it's a public track. I, th- I, I think. No, right? it is. Yeah. He said yeah, it was. Yeah. It's, it's, I know they have some level of membership, Correct. but it's a, it's a cool track. I mean, that was one of the things I thought was so cool when I was an assistant being able to play in the Monday assistance events. I mean, you got to go up and down the state and it's so, it's so unique. Like, okay, so if you go all the way to AC, it's three hours, but you could be anywhere in two and a half hours and get some really high quality golf, whether it's a public or a private facility. Sure. I think it's very unique. Yeah. The state is very unique. Yeah, a lot Pretty of cool. good golf, a lot of golden age architecture um, throughout, and yeah, tons of tons of great golf. Yep, absolutely. So, um, golfers are kind of quirky by nature. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty superstitious, and and uh, someone called it habits on our show. So you know, it could be their habits. Um, more directed for Brian, but I'm going to kind of tailor it for you, James. Before you play in a tournament, 
what are some things that you do getting ready, like before the first tee? What are some of your superstitions that you need when you go when you go out to play? Uh, I have a couple really sentimental things. Like I have a picture of my grandfather and my dad, both in their dress blues and also in their fatigues um, inside my scorecard holder, um, which is the American flag. Um, I'm obviously massively patriotic. So to have them with me just brings things into perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have my grandfather's uh, quarter that he, um, I believe he had it while he was in service and he rubbed it between his pointer finger and his thumb so much they actually wore the date off of it's the it's the it's a liberty quarter it's 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 unbelievable it's just so smooth but my dad gave it to me um i tried to play on the mini tours for a while and you fall on hard times you run out of money you play a little bit you make some money you have good fortune bad fortune but my dad gave me this quarter and he was like you know this was your grandfather's just don't quit just keep going, and it, that always just resonated with me. So that has yeah, to be, uh, you know, that has to be in my pocket, and that scorecard holder. Those are two things that have to be with me at all times. I've I've had times where I've played around a golf, and whether I'm in a rush or something, and I I don't put it back in a specific spot. If I like, it throws me off, yeah. mm-hmm. and I understand that that's wacky. No, but uh, yeah, you know, I have to have those wacky, things no. with me <laughs> to to make me whole, yeah. and then I feel good. good. You know, whether I play well or I don't, like at the end of the day, like I've got my guys with me, and, and yeah. you know, it's all good. I love that. Yeah, that. But that's what I mean. Like people, you know, you got to feel good. You have these these couple things, and it's like that's what you need to to feel good. Yep. Someone else might need a handful of teas on one side. Like, sure. There's no, you know. That that's there's nothing. Yeah, those like are I very, said, I think that's a very golf centric kind of thing. For sure. But yep. Yeah, I think we're. I think so we're big super on that. personal items that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. I love those. Like I said, I got I got goosebumps. You talking about Grandpa's quarter for sure. <laughs> uh, James, before a tournament, you know, is there anything that you do as a super that like, you know, I, I you know, we said he's got certain things. Is there are certain is there are certain things that like you? Hey, we got to watch the first shots on the tee, or is there is there anything you guys are doing? Getting a cup of coffee, that would probably be, that would probably be the number one thing. Dan and I have a, a ritual of always getting coffee together. So I'd say that'd be, that'd be the thing that we enjoy. Okay. We always get a cup of coffee together. That's the seal of, of approval for any tournament is we, you know, we'll have a cup of coffee in the morning, but we'll, we'll get all the work done. And then our second cup, that's the, that's the seal. That's the seal of yeah. like, okay, like that's the work is course done. is ready. Yeah, yeah, it's course is ready. I like that. Like okay. Yeah. Um, so we're obviously a New Jersey podcast and... There's a great debate in New Jersey about a particular kind of breakfast meat and the name of that breakfast meat. What are we calling that breakfast meat? So, as what are a, you calling it? As a New Yorker from Long Island, um, when I went to Rutgers, this was a very this was the first thing I was asked by the group people in my orientation <laughs> group. They said, "Okay, well, we're gonna give you this debate, and you tell us what you think." And um, the pork roll is what it is, right? Taylor Ham is the brand name. So mm-hmm. for me, pork roll. Okay. Attaboy. Brian? Taylor Ham. Okay. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Got New York, James, this was awesome. I really appreciated everything. You were tremendous. Well, this is not Aaron now. I'm not a Jersey guy. I was going to say, I am now. From? So yeah. originally from Rockland County, New York, which okay. really is a stone's throw from Bergen County. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, get Jersey roots until I went to high school. I went to St. Joe's in Montvale. Okay. So, yeah. you know, all I heard was Taylor Ham, Taylor Ham, yeah. Taylor Ham. So I just was there with you it, you know. Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, I've fortunate enough with golf to have traveled up and down and all across the country so I get it from all different angles you know it's it's so neat all the little different I think food is another whole subculture but yes I understand this is a very sensitive topic but from what I've been told it's Taylor Hale so. okay no, it's it's. Uh, I thought we were going to go 0 for 2, to be quite honest. Both Mike and I call it pork roll, and and I thought as as the club being in North Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, I thought I thought we were going to get two Taylor Ham guys. So to yeah. get 50, percent I was glad. Yeah. But James, listen, James yeah. is very cultured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't thank you guys enough for a having us up here the the whole day, playing 18 holes, experiencing the whole golf course, sitting down talking to us for for quite some time. So. You know, like, I just want to make sure you guys understand, like, thank you, yeah. you know, for, for really this, having This us. was an amazing day. It really was. I can't say it enough. This place is is special from from the entrance to mm-hmm. the exit. It's going to be mm-hmm. uh, an amazing experience, and, and really thank you so, so much. Oh, this was pleasure. awesome. Yeah. And thank yeah. you, guys. I yeah. think what you're doing uh, is very important. We would really never have this opportunity to talk about what we do, what's important to us, uh, other than with members and maybe in some – section events but you know to to know that there's going to be people listening uh and all of the great work you guys are doing all the fabulous guests and the praise you're giving people i think it's it's really important so thank you guys for wanting to come and, and yeah. you know it's our pleasure to have you yeah, yeah. appreciate yeah. it we'll be, yeah. we'll be back yeah <laughs> please anytime yeah. perfect awesome